Hello and welcome to a new episode of DTV. We're delighted today to be talking about telehealth with Dr. Ed Lee. Dr. Lee is the Executive Vice President of Information Technology and CIO at the Permanente Federation, as well as the Associate Executive Director at the Permanente Medical Group, or TPMG. He oversees the technology efforts at TPMG, one of the United States' largest health providers, which is, includes being accountable for operational performance of IT, technology, integration, and digital innovation. His focus is on improving health information for both physicians and for patients. During the pandemic, he led the group's telemedicine efforts and continues to lead them today. Dr. Ed Lee, welcome to DTV. We're very excited to have you here. Thanks so much, Avery. So I'm really curious, you know, how and when did Kaiser first get involved with telehealth? Because I know you were really early in, into, into working, uh, working on this area. And also, how do you define telehealth, which is always an interesting, interesting question. Yeah, it's a great question. And um, we probably should start with the definition, uh, what we consider to be telehealth, so that um, we can have a good understanding of that. Um, but the, the simple way I think of, uh, of telehealth is using technologies to support and to promote the care of our patients when um, the patients aren't face-to-face -face with us. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people through the pandemic have thought of telehealth meaning video visits. And, you know, of course, video visits is included into the definition of telehealth, but it's just so much more than that. Um, telehealth also includes things like sending secure emails, um, online chat, telephone appointments uh, with physicians, um, nurse advice from our call center, uh, remote patient monitoring and, and e-visits. And so there's a large breadth of things that actually go into telehealth. And so if you take a look at that broad definition, we actually started telehealth over 20 years ago um, when we created our appointment and advice contact center where our nurses provide 24-7, 365 advice to our patients uh, through telephone. Um, we started our secure email program where physicians are answering you know, emails directly from patients um, about 16 years ago now. And with respect to video, uh, it's been about 12 years um, since we started that. And so um, we've got uh, a decade or two of experience um, uh, with our telehealth programs. And, you know, as I think back, uh, we, we started this decades ago because we felt it was the right thing to do for our patients. It just kind of fits in with our care delivery model that we have at Kaiser Permanente, which is, you know, to leverage our integrated, integrated healthcare system to provide personalized, convenient, accessible, high quality care for our patients. And, you know, to ensure that our patients have the choice in the way that they receive their care. It was interesting to me also, you, you talked to, when we last, when we last talked, you mentioned dermatology and how that Using, using mobile phones, which I thought was a really interesting approach to telehealth or an interesting application. Yeah, I, I actually, um, we've, we've been doing teledermatology uh, as we call it for, for a number of years. And, you know, patients have skin conditions, dermatologic conditions. And, you know, a lot of times they don't necessarily care how or what way they get that condition resolved. They just want it resolved. And so for us, um, being able to leverage our integration to connect with dermatologists remotely um, allows us to do that in, in as quick as way possible. Um, and so, you know, a patient can get us 
we, we can see a patient's skin condition in many different ways. One is they can attach an email, uh, attach a picture to an email and send it to us. We could do, be in the process of doing a video appointment uh, and they can show us a rash. Or, you know, what often happens is I, I could be in the office in my primary care department and a patient could come in with a skin problem and I'm not quite sure what it is. I can take a picture of that and send it to my dermatologist who's on call and get basically real-time advice. And the patient can, can, can see the dermatologist immediately, which is always amazing to the patients because um, it, outside, you know, sometimes it could take weeks or even months to see a specialist. And in this case, we're providing real-time care uh, for dermatologic conditions. And what do you see as some of the drivers? I mean, it, it's been going on, as you, as you mentioned, for a long time, but it took an enormous leap during the, you know, the, with the, the beginning of COVID and, and is now is kind of plateaued at a, or is still growing, but from a much higher level. What do you see as kind of the drivers of that and how are you able to respond to that incredible demand? Yeah, with, with COVID, especially in the beginning, um, people were, were rightfully, they were scared. Um, there was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknown around you know, what, what this coronavirus is. Um, there were shelter in place orders, physical distancing recommendations, and, and people, they just didn't want to go outside of their house. Um, even if they needed medical care. Um, but telehealth provided an avenue for our patients to continue to get their healthcare needs met um, with physicians they know and trust. Um, and so as things got rolling with telehealth, as people saw how easy and convenient it was um, to use, um, they kept coming back for more. Um, and, and so um, there have been studies that have been done that show that one of the best predictors of people who say do video visits is if they have done a video visit in the past. And so they get comfortable with the technology, they get comfortable with the idea that they, yes, they can you know, get that high quality care um, through a video connection. And so future video visits um, can be done in this way as well. Um, you know, and, and so for the patients who um, get their care through telehealth, you know, that actually opens up capacity within our medical centers um, for patients who actually need to come in for in-person care so that, you know, we can keep our, our, our medical offices um, safe with adequate physical distancing as well. So it's, it's um, something that sort of builds upon itself and uh, uh, has been, you know, as you mentioned, uh, uh, unprecedented growth uh, during the pandemic. One, you know, I will tell you, you know, as I mentioned, I think last time you was my, my mother was a Kaiser patient. And the, the thing that I found interesting when she used telehealth was it's often the people that have the most difficulty getting into the medical office or the most need of medical care. And that's what struck me is that it, the, you open up access to people that have got some sort of either some kind of disability that's either medical or some kind of other challenge uh, and, and telehealth really opens, opens up a lot of possibilities for them. Yeah, a lot of people have thought about it in the past in terms of, of telehealth telemedicine is, is that it is um, for rural communities, uh, you know, patients who are, you know, hundreds of miles away, you know, that have difficulty accessing care. But while it, it can be used for that and it is used for that, it's also for um, uh 
pa- patients that, that, you know, you just mentioned, like with your mom, who has physical limitations of coming in or time constraints of being able to come in. And so, uh, uh, you know, healthcare is a, a you know, it, it doesn't, it's not a nine to five type of uh, thing. It, it happens all the time. And so being there for our patients is important for us. Um, you know, as you mentioned this, though, what comes to mind, though, too, is that we need to make sure that our telehealth is um, equitable, um, that we're not increasing the healthcare disparities that are out there. And so paying attention to um, who uh, understands and knows how to use the technology, who has access to this technology um, uh, and language uh, barriers, those are all things that we are focusing on as well, where you know, we can you know, provide an iPad to a patient who needs to do a video visit. Um, we have video interpretation services that are attached to our video visits um, uh, application so that language isn't a barrier. And so um, it's really important that as we continue to move forward with um, telehealth, that we provide this care in an equitable and inclusive way. Yeah, you've, you've, as you've mentioned, developed, delivered, I guess, tens of millions of, of video interactions or, or, or I should say telehealth interactions. What would be your, the priorities and, you know, for you for the next 18 months? And what, do you, what would you recommend others focus on? Where do you see the big um, opportunities for gain going forward? Yeah, you know, I think, I think we've, we've talked a lot about um, uh, outpatient care uh, here, um, but, you know, w- we want to continue to develop a, a robust, comprehensive program that includes um, care of patients who are more acutely ill as well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have a developing program, um, our telecritical care program, where our ICU physicians bring their critical care expertise you know, to the virtual bedside of the ICU patient, you know, monitoring patients remotely. Um, there is a developing space of hospital at home programs where patients who were traditionally um, cared for only within a hospital are being um, uh, cared for at home in a you know, familiar, nurturing and healing environment. And, you know, important component of that is remote, remote biometric monitoring and remote uh, video care as well. Um, and I think another area that I'd like to see um, continue to work around is increasing our, our inpatient video consultation programs. Um, we have a very well-established Stroke Express program at Kaiser Permanente, um, where any patient who uh, comes into our emergency department or our hospitals who are um, suspected of having a stroke can get immediate video access to a stroke specialist who can then determine whether a patient is a candidate for clot-busting medication or not. And that's, that's really helped get our, our, what we call our door-to-needle times to being twice as fast as what the national average is. And so um, it's, it's, it's about, I mean, if I think about telehealth in general, um, it's, it, it, with these, these programs I'm describing here, it's not moving people, it's moving knowledge and expertise at the speed of technology. And so that's really what excites me about um, uh, the work that we're doing here. I can't think of anything to add to that to that brilliant ending. I really love that you know moving technology and and and, and knowledge to, to to the patient. That's really was really good. 
thank you very much. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, for everyone uh, watching, um, look forward to doing more conversations about telehealth. And thank you for joining us for this episode. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much.